This is the Bates Bobcast, our weekly podcast where we take a look at the week that was in Bates Athletics. My name is Aaron Morrison. This week we're recapping an eventful New England Division Three Indoor Track and Field Championships, featuring student athletes quickly moving up in the national rankings. Plus, the men's squash team entered the CSA Team Nationals on a high note against Navy, and the softball season is here. All that and more coming up on the Bates Bobcast. The lacrosse teams held their home openers back-to-back Wednesday at Garcelon Field. After the men fell to Babson 12-11 in overtime, the women earned a 14-10 victory over the Beavers. After the game, we caught up with junior goalkeeper Rachel Deptula, who made eight saves in the victory. Yeah, it was awesome. Um, I think my D played really, really well. They killed it um, with their slides. Um, that's something that we've been working on a lot, just like help, extra help, especially on Babson likes to go behind the net and kind of come up and feed into the middle. And so we did a really great job of sliding and making sure we covered that middle girl. Um, and yeah, and we had uh, pretty good clears too, I think, just getting open and, and getting it, the ball quickly up the field. And this year as a junior, it seems like you're, you're the starter in goal. The last couple of years, you're you're getting minutes, but you're the backup. So what's it like yeah. now, you know, being a number one kind of? It's different. Yeah. This is my first time. I mean, my freshman year, I also broke my foot, so I was out. So this is like really exciting for me. And I, I mean, I'm, I'm, I, our team is awesome, and I'm so excited to be playing for them. And I think it's going to be a good season. So the minutes you did get last year, yes. what did those kind of teach you? And made and and you know, what did you learn from that going into this season, kind of? I definitely learned to kind of be prepared for anything because I, I, as a backup, I didn't really have a lot of warm-up time. So especially going into the second half, I have like five minutes for shots to, to warm up. So I think just being on my toes and always being prepared for anything that's coming, that's one thing I definitely learned. Both lacrosse teams fell to Wesleyan on Saturday, but the men get a chance to bounce back this Wednesday against Keene State before conference games against Trinity for both teams this Saturday. The track and field teams performed well at the New England Division III Indoor Championships, with the women placing 7th out of 26 teams and the men finishing 6th out of 24 schools. Junior captain John Rex won the New England Championship in the shot put with a career-best throw of 51 feet, 0.75 inches. He finished 2nd in the weight throw with a career-best effort of 62 feet, 6.5 inches, moving up to 7th place on Bates' all-time performance. Performance list. He now ranks sixth in the country in the weight throw. Senior Captain Brendan Donahue also provided a big Bates highlight, scoring a career high 4,861 points to place third in the heptathlon. Donahue notched a career best high jump of six feet, 3.5 inches, and a career best 1,000 meter run, and led the field in the pole vault at 13 feet, 7.25 inches. Donahue's score moves him into second place on Bates' all time performance list in the event. Donahue, our male Bobcat of the Week, and Rex join the Bobcast to recap the weekend. I haven't had the best season in the shot put in terms of practice, um, so a big focus is just getting to the meet and performing and just trusting that um, you know the stuff that I was doing in practice uh, would be uh, beneficial and uh, serve me well in a meet setting. I haven't thrown the actual shot put since preseason. So we've been doing a lot of light implement throwing, and I've mm. been working with the trainers really closely to uh, subsidize the pain in my wrist um, and just loosen it up and get it nice and um, rested for the meets. And so I've been doing very limited throwing, so it definitely was really awesome to uh, PR. And I just think that um, 
I mean, I've been trying to hit that 50-foot barrier for a long time and to go 51 and when New England's in, as coming as the third seed was like pretty surreal moment. And I just, you know, my first throw of the series, I um, I had a pretty, it was a pretty good opener, probably one of the best openers I've had, um, but it was like 49. And mm-hmm. then Fresh just gave me um, an adjustment and I just decided to trust him and uh, go with it. And um, it ended up serving me well. And my next throw was a little farther and then my next throw was a lot farther and then I fall I backed it up with another uh 50 plus foot throw so it's it's pretty good feeling yeah I I never thought I'd be a Shopa champion um before I was a weight throw champion but hey anything's possible and I think that just believing in yourself and just taking advantage of the energy of the competition can go a long way and then Brendan I know you've been working those multi-events uh the heptathlon career best in points for you second now all-time at Bates what events in particular do you think we're working well for you uh, last weekend? I kind of found my groove in the high jump for once. Mm. Um, and shot put definitely. Uh, we've been doing a secret drill, which I will not leak the actual name of it, but um, <laughs> it's it's helped a lot with making sure I have a long left arm um, and also just getting lower out of the back of the circle. Um, and so that made a huge difference in my throw this weekend. So I broke 40 for the first time, and I know in terms of Johnny, that's a very – tiny mark but um for, for me deck, it's it's it was a good mark to put out there um and then overall uh passing david hardison was kind of a an exciting um moment for me because he's someone i've looked up to uh since my early days meeting him my sophomore year um and that's kind of just what this program is all about is having role models um even if you never were teammates with them you still can look up to them so definitely John, how proud were you of him with the shot put there? I was pumped. Like watching, watching Brendan along with uh, Liam and Evan, who are the other mm-hmm. heptathletes, compete was just pretty inspiring because they were all pring. They're all doing super well, and um, you know, watching Brendan kill it in the uh, hep really motivated me to also have a day as well. And I think the best um, way for a team or for an individual to do well is when their team does well and I think that that, that energy really translates to other athletes uh, on the team and Brendan's a really good leader and yeah it was, I mean it was super fun watching him compete I was sitting with his parents and we were just going crazy at every every high jump like the high jump specifically was super uh, impressive because we actually missed the shot put because we were um, mm. well I missed it because I was on the way down to the meet but we got there in time for the high jump, and it was super fun to watch Brendan kill it and have a lifetime PR. Yeah, we talked about this last time you two were on the show together, I think, but you know, people may not remember, but you two knew each other in high school, and you've said before, John, Brendan's the reason you came to Bates, right? Yeah, uh, pretty much. I, <laughs> I worked my first um, my first summer job at an ice cream store, and so that was Brendan's first job as well, and I uh, walked in and... Uh, we just like hit it off right away and um, he invited me on his friend's boat and then we the rest is history we became best friends and um, told me to reach out to coach Farashidian I did I ended up at Bates and yeah it's pretty cool (laughs) you'll you'll both be going to indoor nationals of course and so Brendan for you I mean between now and and indoor nationals what's going to be the approach here I mean obviously multi-events there's I'm sure many different ways you could go about preparing for this right yeah I mean this part in this uh, this far in the season, it's mostly um, maintenance, uh, but we do a lot of tempo work because my thousand is still absolutely horrible. <laughs> um, 
but in terms of actual lifting and and general pliable muscle um it's i we do an emphasis a lot on on pull-ups and push-ups and um not really maximizing strength right now but more maintaining um and so week ahead is more just focusing on the little things uh in vault in particular uh cleaning up my top top uh, whether it's my bottom arm, releasing my bottom bottom arm at the top of the vault. Um, so it's these kind of small changes that need to be made um, that can make the difference between a 4,800-point uh, meet versus 5,200. So, Well, you mentioned the 1,000. What makes that so tough for you and, and personally? Um, well, I, I came into college with very little to no running experience. Um, I was always the guy who would just show up at a meet and jump, and that would be about it. Um, but having to kind of go into my comfort zone and having to run fast was something I was not accustomed to. So um, Fresh has put the emphasis on me getting faster, and Coach Curtis has done an excellent job with my speed development. So, um, yeah, props to them for everything they've done in that department. And, John, of course, you'll be going to Nationals in the weight throw. Um, this is an event where I think you're ranked, what, sixth in the country right now? Is that somewhere around there? But you were second in New England with another PR for you there. You've been PRing quite frequently this year in the weight throw, it seems like. Um, what's the next step for you in this training? I had a good chop with throw this weekend. Yeah. And although it was a good chop with throw, I have been battling a wrist injury. Right. So I'm just going to call it on that for um, the rest of the season until outdoors mm-hmm. and load it back up again outdoors, come back healthier and stronger. And I'm very thankful to have uh, had um, a season full of PRs. I mean, any time you PR, it's a good day. So... I'm very thankful to have had PR had to have a PR in the shop because I, to be honest, I in the beginning of the season when I first realized like this injury, I didn't foresee myself throwing this far at all, mm-hmm. um, and I've had to adjust a lot of my training uh, around my wrist injury, um, and whether that's you know no no snatching, just doing clean poles instead of cleans. Um, it's I've had to tweak a lot of my lifting programs. Um, but I think, you know, everything happens for a reason, uh, as interesting as that sounds, you know, I think that this injury actually helps me realize my weaknesses and sort of attack them. And I think that, um, what I've been doing in preparation this season has been a lot more effective for me as an athlete. Um, and I think the most effective thing for me as an athlete is, um, to, there's this quote by Ted Williams that says, you know, if you don't think too good, don't think too much. And, like, that's my favorite quote because I really do believe in that quote. Um, I've had a lot of uh, good performances so far in my career, but um, unfortunately when it when it counted, I, I didn't couldn't quite put it together. Um, by that I mean at Nationals. Um, and so this time around I, I definitely want to just um, – be more mentally there and I think being um you know just not letting nerves get to you and instead turning that that nervous energy into something positive can go a long way and can really change your entire performance throwing is you know it's so precise and therefore it's so it starts with the mind and the mind connects to the body so I think that's super important and coach Farishidian has been just like awesome this season and resting me and like being strategic about um you know performances and meets and um which meets to enter me and which means not to and he's he's done he's just paid he's just an amazing coach and he really really cares about his athletes which is a really good feeling and he's you know, he's done a great job with that and it's showing so 
Yeah, and you touched on nationals, and Brendan, I'm sure you're coming in with some extra motivation this year also. I mean, you had a great first day. I know last year's at outdoors, and that injury unfortunately slowed you down there. But uh, what did you learn from that experience, though? I mean, outdoors and out, obviously different events, fewer events for indoors. But Yeah, I mean, the major takeaway is those Wisconsin boys are going to bring it. Um, <laughs> they're, they're, they're some big country folk, I'll tell you that. Every much, event. But, um, and it's in every event. It's yeah. in the throws, it's in the jumps, it's in the distance. Mm. Um, and so being exposed to guys who kind of committed themselves to a sport is kind of a, it's it's an awesome atmosphere to be around. Um, and it kind of leads itself into all events, and and it also makes you think more critically about how you're training. Um, and so I, right now, the top three for the, the heptathlon are three guys from the same school. Mm. Um, and that's there's something to be said about that is because they're doing their training right. Um, and so going to NCAAs once again and having, having the experience under my belt, I definitely don't have as much nerves. And the excitement's still there, but it's a different type of an excitement. So I'm I'm excited for the opportunity, and hopefully it, it coalesces into a celebration of this season. So that's kind of what I'm looking for. On the women's side, junior captain Amanda Kaufman took second place in the 60-meter hurdles, racing to the finish in 8.97 seconds, a new career best. And she helped Bates place third in the 4x400 relay. And Amanda Kaufman is our female Bobcat of the week. PR for you in the 60-meter hurdles. This is a competitive event. You're going to be running it again this weekend at Tufts, but tell us about how it went there at New England as you continue to chop a few hundredths of a second off at a time, right? <laughs> yeah, that seems to be the trend is a few every week. Um, so at New England, it was great. Um, it was obviously a PR, which is super exciting. Um, looking back on the video and just off of feel and talking with coaches, I actually had a pretty terrible start. Um, I think my coach and I kind of postulated that I was actually sixth over the first hurdle (laughs) Um, and I kind of caught up along the way throughout the race. Um, He was actually a little surprised that I PR'd after such a bad start after looking at the video which was kind of funny. Um, Yeah so I'm hoping to kind of improve on that this week um, at Tufts and maybe shave a few more off and see what happens as far as nationals. Yeah it's amazing because there's I mean 60 60 meters right (laughs) there's almost no margin for error I imagine right. Yeah and it kind of goes to show how something as small as that can throw off your entire race. But for you it didn't what what do you think allowed you to recover over the next few steps I guess? Um (laughs) yeah I don't know I think it just was a, a slow start. Um, mm-hmm. Nothing really bad, just slow. Um, and I'm lucky this year and kind of like all of my training thus far has kind of prepared me for that. I'm a lot stronger and faster than I was coming in as a freshman. Um, so I think probably attributed that to a little bit more lifting than I did in high school here. Um, so just a little bit more explosive and stronger, which hopefully maybe is what allowed me to catch up um, and get running with the Amherst girl. Mm. And then um, you you touched on that actually. Are are there certain athletes you're focused on uh, as your competition kind of to start, or are you zeroed in on what you're doing? Um, I think I don't. It's not necessarily like competition for mm. me. I always run better when there's someone faster than me, mm. and I was really lucky to have that at this meet um, with a girl from Amherst, and there's also a really fast Williams girl in the race as well. So I kind of focus on just staying with them and focusing on that and catching up with them and I think that helped a lot when I started off really behind I realized that I need to kick on the jets <laughs> catch up with her and get back in the race you know 60 meter hurdles um, 
I think before you were here at Bates, but Allison Hill mm-hmm. set the record yep. here. How close are you to her at this point? <laughs> um, not that close. <laughs> um, she was an incredible hurdler. Um, I actually got a really cool opportunity to meet her. She mm. came to the state meet this year, and it was a really cool. It was a very fangirl moment. Um, I think ever since I got into Bates, I definitely followed her and looked up to her a lot. Um, the coaches obviously talk about her all the time when I'm doing drills. Um, so that was really, really awesome to meet her, and she was so nice. Um, we talked a little bit about kind of like the barrier of breaking nine and right. how that's a big thing in your hurdle career. Um, yeah, so really, really great. Big footsteps to follow, definitely. But um, sights are set on that time. Um, hopefully I can get there. We'll see. It's a, it's a long way to go from here, but we'll see what happens. Yeah, I remember when she broke nine seconds for the first time, it, <coughs> it was a big deal. How did it feel for you? You did that this year, right? Yes, yeah. yeah. Um, I think it was a big deal for me just because that had been weighing on me for a long time now um and as we saw last season I was really really close and the same sort of thing I would get a little bit closer every week and I just kind of ran out of meets last season um and then ended up being injured for outdoor so I think I really was even more hungry for it this year coming off of the injury um and knowing that I was so close last season Switching into relay, 4 by 400 will be running at uh, last chance as well after a strong mm-hmm. performance at New England's. Tell us about this relay team you're a part of here. Yeah, I absolutely love this relay team. All the girls on the team are some of my closest friends also. Um, so it's really great to have that environment um, with such a kind of a stressful situation when we don't really know if we're guaranteed a spot at the moment. Um, so I just feel really lucky to be surrounded by such incredible women, um, all incredible athletes um so I think we kind of look at it as running for each other and it's never one of our responsibility for the entire team it's a complete team effort um and I think that mentality makes it a little bit less scary when we're going into kind of a high stakes meet are you the only one on the four by four who's been to nationals before um Paige I believe actually went went, yeah um but the other two this would be their first time um and I would absolutely love to have that experience with them and share that with them yeah Paige returning to the team after spending last year abroad that's been huge hasn't it it's been great um all of us are so excited that she's back and really really excited um to watch what she's been able to do individually as well um yeah, it's we all love watching her run. She's such a beautiful runner. Um, she never looks flustered ever, <laughs> and she just kind of goes out there and does her thing. So I'm just really, really honored that I get to run with her and the other two as well. Did you compete at Tufts last year, the last chance, or did you? Yeah, um, so last year for last chance, my focus was more hurdles. Mm-hmm. Um, so I actually was not on the DMR at Tufts last year. Right. Um, I did a 4x4, four four, but it was not as high stakes. It was just kind of going for one last good time at the end of the season. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm excited for it, though, this year. How does this meet? I mean, it's got to be much different than the other meets you're at, right? Yeah, it's kind of a pressure cooker. Yeah. Um, everyone is really stressed out um, for the most part because most people who are at this meet are a bubble team or really, really close, but not quite um, to qualifying. So everyone's just out there trying to do their best and get any bit closer that they can to qualifying. Um, so that can be stressful, but I'm trying not to focus on the stress and just kind of being more excited to just go out and execute a good race. And if it happens to be my last race of the season, that's okay. Just hoping that'll be a good one. Well, and you have outdoors coming up regardless, yes. right? Yes, so. exactly. There you go. Amanda Coffin, Female Bobcat of the Week. Thanks so much. Thank you. 
number 27 nationally ranked women's tennis team won back-to-back matches this weekend, defeating Wheaton College 8-1 in Merrill Gym on Friday, and following that up with a 6-3 victory at Mount Holyoke on Saturday. Junior Haley Washington prevailed both at number 3 doubles and number 2 singles on Friday, then she improved her record to 3-0 on the weekend with another win at number 3 doubles on Saturday. Now she joins the Bobcast on the phone. Yeah, it was definitely amazing playing on the home court. It was great energy because, you know, we had our our friends and our family that were able to come out in addition to um, being able to have the freshman play for the first time on the home court and also felt really good to just be playing at home and just have the energy of the home court while we were playing. And then you teamed up with Isabel Rovinsky there at doubles. Uh, what, what is she like as a doubles partner? Um, Isabel and I actually dabbled around in doubles um, last year when we were on our training trip in Florida, but I really enjoy playing with her. She's a senior this year, so she's been through the tennis world a little bit longer than me, so she knows some things that I don't. But we definitely work really well with each other. We're able to move really well off each other's balls, and I think it's going to be a great partnership this year. What did the Division Two opponents you played down in Florida help you prepare? You think for this first home, um, you know, for your first home match, first couple of matches against Division Three teams? Because obviously those are that's some stiff competition to start the spring season, right? Yeah, definitely. Our first match that we had down in Florida was actually against the University of Tampa, and that team was pretty strong. It was a D two team, and that was our first match as a team together. And I honestly think that everybody did a great job. I think that although they were a D2 team, we did things that were a lot, we were stronger than them in a lot of aspects. For example, we've been running two miles every for our conditioning class that we've had, and I think that really helped us with our endurance, and we were able to stick in the points a lot longer than their team was able to, which was seen, you know, when we had our 30-ball rallies, and we were able to stay in that without breathing heavy and breaking a sweat. Um, but that they were very intense, and they had been playing a little bit longer than us, though, so they definitely had um, their tactics a little bit more together, I would say, but I think that we did a great job fighting and persevering through those matches, and everybody really left blood on the court and just tried their best. It was really great to see all up and down throughout the course. Excellent. And then what's it like to see that number 27 uh, national ranking by uh, the, the Bobcats name here uh, early in the season? I mean, it's cool to, to see the rest of the country kind of seeing uh, how, how, uh, how improved and how good the women's team could possibly be this year, right? Yeah, I think it's honestly amazing. Everybody's working really hard. And I think that we will be moving up in the rankings nationally, <laughs> I would say, for, in my opinion. I think that everybody's really working towards their goals personally. And once you're working towards your goals personally, you're able to see it collectively as a group when we thrive and we're doing well. And then tell us about, uh, you mentioned some of the first years. I see Joanna Atwater is getting a lot of uh, um, opportunities in the lineup, playing up and down at singles um, a little bit. Tell us about her and maybe some of the other first years, what their impact has been so far. Yeah, Joanna Atwater, she's from New Jersey. She's a first year, and she is a very strong player. She, um, I enjoy playing with her. We played next to each other when we played University of Tampa. She was at five singles and I was at six. And she's just a very strong player. I think that she has strong shots. I think that she's going to do very well here at Bates. And she was, you know, she's going to contribute a lot to the team. And then another fresh, all the freshmen are doing well, really. Another freshman is um, Laura Littlefield. She's um, also working really hard to work. And because there's a lot of freshmen, so, you know, they're all working really hard to be in lineup. And that's 
the goal when you're a freshman, especially when there's such a, a large group. You are, you are, we are teammates, but they're competing against each other a little bit. They're challenging each other because mm-hmm. there's only so many spots that everybody gets, and I feel like they're starting to recognize that now, and that's going to help them work harder um, for the season to come. You mentioned the conditioning and everything, the two-mile runs and whatnot. Uh, for you, I mean, there against Wheaton College playing doubles and singles, and the very next day having to go on the road to Mount Holyoke and, and play doubles again, <laughs> what was that like for, from your perspective? I mean, uh, you, know, you got wins in each of those matches, but, I mean, clearly it's probably a challenge, right? Yeah, it was definitely a challenge, especially since it was definitely – I think that it would have been a little bit more challenging Friday if we were away because I think mm-hmm. all, a lot of it's very mental – Aaron, um, but I think that being at home on Friday really helped us get a momentum to put us in the right mindset for the Saturday match. Um, Friday we were struggling a little bit. I think people were a little nervous, especially freshmen going out there. So understandable. It's your first home match. Uh, I definitely had the first match jitters when I was a freshman as well. Um, but I personally, I think I did fine. I, I think having the stamina that was built up from running two miles or four miles a week for the past month and month and a half really helped. Um, but I think that I was able to go out there and Isabelle and I were able to move well and just be fluid and move off each other's balls. And I think that really helped and showed in results from the Mount Holyoke match on Saturday. Well, you've got a bunch of road matches coming up. I'm looking at the schedule. Oh, yeah. you, spend, you spend all of March away from oh, campus, yeah. including, including another trip to Florida. So another chance to oh, yeah. see some different competition. Well, what are, you, uh, are you looking forward to this? You kind of you sounds like maybe dreading it slightly. <laughs> I'm definitely, um, yeah, I saw that too. We are away basically the whole month of March. But honestly, I think that's fine because I think that Although we're away, there's, those are going to be different surfaces that we're going to have experience playing on, and that will help us adjust when we get back to Merrill. And maybe a little bit of a transition, but I think it's going to be good because when we do finally have the opportunity to play at home in April, I think everybody's going to be excited to kind of go out and show what they have, especially since our friends and family are able to come to the home matches. So I think that's going to be good to play for them, play for ourselves. Um, but, yes, um, usually we go to Virginia halfway through the year, but we're going to Florida this year. Instead, and honestly, I think that's a better opportunity for our team because we're going to be able, although we go to Virginia and we play teams, I think Florida is going to allow us to, you know, one, be in some warm weather, which will be good. <laughs> Always a good yeah. time. And we're also going to be able to train a little bit more, I think, as opposed to just playing around Robin in Virginia. We're going to have a little bit more exposure to higher level teams in Florida. And I think that'll be good for us as a team. Excellent. Then you get to wrap up the year with, as you mentioned, some nice home matches there, including three in a row to end the season. But do you have any kind of goals that you've set in your mind? And has the team kind of gotten together and set any goals this, for this year? Yes, we have. Um, as I said, I think earlier in the fall, we are working really hard to make Nescast this year. They changed mm-hmm. the, the rulings for tennis as opposed to having six teams with eight teams now. So everybody's working really hard to contribute so we can – work towards that because that's the final goal and maybe past that, maybe nationals, you know, but I think that personally for me, I'm just working on consistency and just kind of trusting my shot because a lot of it out there, Aaron is mental and if you can have the best strokes, but if you're not strong mentally, it's going to break down a lot when you're playing. And I think that that just comes from practice with matches and match play. And I think that's going to be, really crucial and we're going to be able to do that this past month as we're traveling over the month of March. 
The men's squash team competed for the Summer's Cup over the weekend at CSA Team Nationals at Harvard, defeating Colby 5-4 on Friday, falling to Williams 8-1 on Saturday, and ending the weekend on a high note with a 5-4 win over the Naval Academy on Sunday. With the Bobcats down 4-3 to the midshipmen, junior Omar Atea won a dramatic five-game match to even the score at 4-4. Senior Garen Rothenberg won his match, and Bates prevailed, finishing the season ranked 19th in the country with an overall record of 12-8. and Well, Omar, against the Naval Academy, third-place match in the Summer's Cup, you're down 2-0. The team is down 4-3. You're able to rally get the 3-2 win. This is something you've done a few times in your career, but what was mm-hmm. the experience like in particular this weekend? I think this weekend was uh, was a, big, a bigger challenge for me than the past few years because uh, this year I've been struggling with uh, uh, injuring both of my legs. It's been a tough season for me coming back uh, all of a sudden, uh, coming back from studying abroad uh, into the action like right away. Uh, along with the injury, it was it was really tough to like come back and get in the mood. I think it was more challenging than the last few times because it's just you're, there were just more obstacles to it. And then you ended up getting that 3-2 win. Were you able to watch Garen get his clinching victory yes, after that? Yes, yes. All Garen. All Garen. Yeah. <laughs> what was that experience like? I mean, he's a senior. That must be nice to see from him, right? It was. I was very happy for him. He really wanted that win. It's probably one, of, arguably one of his biggest wins in his career. Winning against Navy is awesome. Um, he. Uh, it's a great way to end his senior year, honestly. he uh, He's been working really hard. He's been struggling for four years with a with an aching hip injury, which he was really struggling to get off of it, and he and he did get off of it this year, and he he made he had an incredible season. So both of you battling injuries. I mean, yeah. obviously injuries are are, are a part of squash. Yeah. I yeah. mean, how do you approach that in terms of you know training and everything? Yeah, so it's all uh, it's all mental. I mean, you 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 got to do what you got to do go to the trainers physical therapy get the treatment rest all that stuff but like for example for my for my in my case for example it really it really keeps coming back every time i play uh with my shins and the thing is is like at that point i mean in my game uh when i was down to love i was telling uh rai um our coach i was I can't. I can't do this. This. This is. This is hurt. This is hurting. And then Rye tells me, "You gotta just. You just gotta like go through it. This is all in your head. All in your head. It doesn't matter what technical plan you use. What. What are you gonna think about? It's all about striving to get through it." Well, then, what, in your opinion, I mean, changed in those final three games that allowed you to make that comeback? When did you start to feel that you had your opponent, you know, kind of, kind of on their heels? And obviously, the mm-hmm. the fifth game was was a twelve ten one. Yeah. So, when you're like, when you look back at the game, you don't really remember mm-hmm. everything. But I remember, I remember um, a lot of my team being in my corner, and. It's when it's it's for it, when moments like this. This is how I really push to to win. It's it's when my teammates are there because I do it for them, and and like when whenever the pressure is is more, there's a lot of people looking and all that stuff. I actually play better than when there's nobody and there's like mm-hmm. not really big pressure. I just don't like this. Is just my personality when it comes to playing these games. Um. So yeah, I, I think the, the the team aspect, my teammates being behind me, is the reason why I uh, pushed for it. 
and I realized like how big how big of a win would it be against Navy. So that's why I pushed for it as well. Great. And then Team Nationals gives an idea of kind of the environment because there's different tiers. Obviously, mm. the, the men were at the Summer's Cup, but there's there's other levels uh, mm-hmm. both above and below. And there's so many schools. I mean, I don't think it was all at Harvard. Like, I think you guys were playing at Tufts. I mean, it spread played, out a yeah. little bit. Yeah. We played the the our last game at uh, okay. Tufts, but our first yeah. two matches were at Harvard. Okay. What yeah. was that experience like being there? Uh, it's very cool. I mean, you get to see the whole – Everyone from the, from every, like all these colleges in the U.S. You get to see uh, top tier squash. You get to see like the best of the best in the country. I mean, you get to see uh, all all these players from around the world playing in just one little space, and it's just amazing how you see all the different like ex- all the different like um, um, like influences in squash. From you have American players, you have Egyptian players, but you also have Colombian players. You have um, you have players from all over the world, and it's and it's amazing. You grew up in Egypt. Mm-hmm. Um, did you do you see guys you played with growing up at these? Yeah, events? Yeah, yeah. A lot of a lot of uh, a lot of the kids uh, in other colleges, like a lot of them, were from the same club as me. We uh, we basically were raised together as brothers, and uh, it's so cool, like seeing where we came from, and then now we're here. It's uh, it's pretty cool. Like you get to see everybody now. Starting abroad. Tell yeah. us about that experience this past fall. Yeah, uh, studying abroad is uh, an amazing experience. Uh, I uh, I really liked it. I mean, did a lot of traveling. Did a lot of. Uh, I I learned a lot. I learned a new language, which is uh, crazy. Didn't know that I could do it. And um, uh, it was it was a it was nice to take time away from Bates. You know, like get to see the world, like see see new people, meet with new cultures. Um, of course it did, it did take a toll on, uh, some squash and, uh, some of my schooling here, but I would, I don't regret it and I'll do it all over again. And you went to Italy, is that right? Yes. Yeah. Italy. And so you learned Italian then yeah. I assume? Okay. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. What was that process like learning Italian? Um, I mean, we, we, uh, our program, we had, we had to take Italian every day mm-hmm. and me personally, I, I, uh, practiced the language every day with a host family, uh, a host family in Italy and, um, I practice every day, like going to the restaurant, talking to people, going out. It's you get to see you, you get once you just keep practicing what you learn at school, you learn by yourself. And obviously we were watching TV at home. Everything was in Italian. So you're basically forced to learn the language. And I, I personally, I did a lot of like my homework, like by myself, like extra work. I, I really like the language and I wanted to learn it. And it sounds like there's nowhere really to play squash though in Italy. Is that <laughs> there, there was there were, there were, there were courts. Oh, I I, okay. uh, I went there a few times, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but there weren't anybody. There wasn't anybody to play with, and right. um, that was I think that was the challenge. Yeah. So I did miss that competitive mm-hmm. um, aspect of it, and I didn't get the chance to play with someone that is as as the ones like we have here at Bates, right. and uh, that's I think what really affected me, but. Coming back, it just took a couple of weeks to like get back in the rhythm. And then you came back to a new head coach. Yeah. What was that transition like? Yeah, it was uh, crazy. I mean, uh, me and Rai like got along really quickly. Absolutely cool guy. He um, he's a very experienced squash player, very good squash player. I mean, it, it's great to learn from him like every day uh, about the game. And um, yeah, it, I mean, it's different. I mean, coming going from Pat Cosker to Rai, it's um, it's 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 a different it's a different vibe coming uh, coming into 
squash uh two different um uh, two different perspectives in the game uh, not necessarily one is better than the other uh but we can say that uh i just like uh what's going on right now at Bates. Yeah. Excellent. And then, so you're a junior, mm-hmm. so senior year coming up next year. What are some goals you have in your mind in looking forward to next squash season, which will be here before we know it next fall? I guess. Yeah, <laughs> it comes back really quickly. Yeah. I, um, yeah, I, um, I want to work with uh, what we have right now with the players. We, we had an amazing, amazing uh, first years, mm-hmm. uh, first years uh, coming in this year. Extremely talented. He, a lot of potential our team is going to be 100 percent different than uh last year uh, than this year or the years before because we're graduating five seniors mm-hmm. which is going to change the dynamic of the whole team and um i'm not not necessarily for better or for worse but it's going to be different and then we're we have to just work with with me like with uh with with the people we have we have we have like ju- like the juniors the sophomores they're all growing we have to work with what we have, and then we have a new freshman class coming in, mm-hmm. and that's gonna change the whole dynamic. And I think the goals next year it's it's gonna be it's gonna be tough because college squash every single year gets a little bit harder. Yeah, it's growing every year, and uh, you gotta just catch up with the flow. Just a few hours ago, the Bates Alpine skiing teams learned who would represent them at the NCAA Championships. The Alpine and Nordic teams combined to finish eighth out of twenty schools at the NCAA East Regional last weekend. With the regular season over, the NCAA announced that sophomore Alpine skier Ari Van Vuren and senior Nordic skiing captain Kalen Woods both qualified for nationals, taking place March 11th through 14th in Bozeman, Montana. It will be Van Vuren's first trip to NCAAs and Woods' third. All right, first of all, sophomore, congratulations, NCAAs. Well, probably new coming in today you're going to make. What's your thoughts now that it's official you're going to nationals? Well, I'm super excited, obviously. First time. Uh don't really have any expectations as to my skiing out there, but I'm excited just to go out and keep skiing because it's super fun. That's about it. <laughs> well, I think that's something that sounds like some, one of the keys to success is you don't set necessarily expectations. You just go in and you ski because that's what you know what you're doing, right? You don't let your mind get too clouded with anything else, it sounds like, right? Yeah, and also in some regards, I think now there's, uh, for me at least, I feel like there's some of the pressure has been release because now you're in and it's, you just go and you ski and you have fun and whatever happens happens so yeah it's it's definitely helpful not to ski with expectations and then kaylin for you third time uh around here going to ncaa's uh do you agree with ari there the, the pressure is kind of off when you actually get into nationals for for sure definitely going in i had like a lot of pressure being like the last seed um to qualify but now that uh, now that I'm qualified, now that I'm in, it's it's just a lot of fun to go ski at nationals. Um, obviously, I've had results there before, but it's just kind of fun to see how. I mean, the competition is changing every year, so it's just kind of fun to see how you stack up against the competition. It's just a really fun environment. Now, I'm not too familiar with the course you're going to there in <laughs> Bozeman. I understand you've been there, but you haven't skied there. Is it is it at elevation or anything like that? Or uh, yeah, it's at elevation. I mean, going out west, obviously, you're going to have to deal with the acclimation part of it for sure. But um, it'll be fun to see the course. I've heard it's really, really hard. There's a lot of hills, so um, we'll see how that all plays out. <laughs> So a lot of hills for Nordic. How does that how does that change things for you? Um, I mean, I personally I enjoy it. Um, I like especially for the longer race, the 15k classic. Um, I enjoy the longer kind of more stridable hills. So hopefully that all is 
you know, hopefully the weather is good and the, you know, you, we can hit the wax and just have fun, enjoy 15K of skiing and yeah. Ari, we've talked about this before. It doesn't really matter what mountain <laughs> on the course for you is going to be the same no matter what, right? The hill itself, I've I've never skied out at Bridger Bowl, but mm-hmm. uh, I I have heard it's slightly flat, which <laughs> which is not an advantage for me, but that's uh, fine. I'll I'll work with it. <laughs> why do you thrive more on a steeper hill? Uh, just technically for me, at least, if it's dead flat and I'm in a tuck, it's one of my weaknesses in skiing. Gotcha. Okay, yeah, so something very specific. Yeah, it's something very specific. That is there anything you can do between now and when you go to Montana to work on that, or is that just kind of like something you know that you have to watch out for? Uh, I mean, I'm definitely going to spend a lot of time free skiing on flats, just trying <laughs> to figure it out before then. But sure. besides that, no, not really. And then, Kalen, what have you learned from your last two experiences going to nationals? And even though it's a different event than Ari, what would you, you know, what kind of advice would you give him? Um, I mean, it's just like a really, really fun experience, um, especially the first time. You don't really have, obviously, those expectations. And even going back, like, I have not too many expectations for myself as well because the fields are always changing and you don't really know what you're going to get. Um, but just to kind of just enjoy it and be around and ski with people that you haven't necessarily gotten to ski with um, throughout the throughout the season so far because you have the West um, obviously out there as well. So just kind of being able to enjoy that. Also, like Bozeman is a beautiful place. So just being able to enjoy that as well. Ari, I'm curious. You grew up in Colorado. Are you going to see some folks you grew up skiing with here at Nationals? Or? Uh, yeah, there will be a couple of them that I know. A couple ski for... Uh, Denver and CU, and there was one that skied for Alaska, but he's injured this year. So, oh. um, but yeah, I'll definitely see some people that I know out there, which will be fun. You know, Kalen, well, the NCAA East Regional, the Middlebury Carnival there over the weekend seems like that. Um, you know, another a strong event for the Bobcats for for both Nordic and Alpine. But what was it like for you knowing that was going to be your kind of your final carnival? And and were you nervous at all about nationals? Because you mentioned before it was kind of bubble for you, right? Yeah. Um, this past weekend was definitely a whirlwind, um, especially I have been sick the past like week or so, but mm-hmm. I know I needed to race just to kind of solidify my spot in four nationals, um, but also for a lot of other reasons, one of them obviously being that it was my last carnival, which was really, it was sad and exciting all at the same time. So um, it was it was fun to race, but now it's time to like recover and get to Bozeman and get healthy again. So... So, yeah. Yeah, certainly. All right, how about for the Alpine team? It seemed like the team finished pretty strong there, right? At, at the end, it was kind of uh, all, all or nothing for a bunch of us. So. Right, right. Well, and did you get that sense for yourself, or do you feel pretty comfortable kind of coming in individually at least? No, I was not comfortable at all. <laughs> <laughs> I was having a slight panic attack oh. for most of the weekend, yeah. but <laughs> uh, it, it worked out, so it was fine. Yeah. <laughs> so when did you first start feeling less panicky, I guess? Uh, after the race was over on Saturday. <laughs> Did Michaela and come? Everything was done. Everything that's was that's done. when I wasn't panicking, yes. Yeah. Did Michaela tell you you're, you're good or how'd that go? Kind of? Well, it was actually because uh, I didn't ski so well first run in, in the GS. Mm-hmm. And so I was at the start when all top 30 had gone, and that was dependent on if I went or not. So before I even went down my second run, I got the, the call that <laughs> we were fine. 
Oh, wow. It's between runs. So <laughs> that must have felt nice going down the hill there for the second time, right? Yeah, I mean, I, it felt a lot better. I wasn't, <laughs> I wasn't panicking then, so that was nice. <laughs> Kayla, no, I mean, Norris a little bit different, but how would you feel if you heard it right before yeah, a run? That's, that's a lot. That would be really stressful, but I was kind of in the same position going yeah. into the 15K race on Saturday. I kind of knew what I needed to do, and – I also knew the knew the people. It was a mass start, so we were all starting together. Mm-hmm. So I got ahead of the people that I needed to, and that was kind of it. But at the same time, there is always the possibility that people sneak sneak in front of you that you weren't really expecting, and then you know it's always it's kind of just like a wild card. And so finishing, I I was definitely panicking at first, and there was a lot of emotions because it was also my last carnival race. Um, and so I kind of had to just take a deep breath. And and when I went into the trailer, like immediately after the race and just kind of James and Becky just started crunching numbers for me because <laughs> they like, you know, it, we they we finish and that's where everyone is. And so, you, you know, you know how many points you get. And so Becky and James just started crunching the numbers. And five minutes later, they were like, you're in. It's OK. And I was like, it was a huge <laughs> weight of relief. And I could kind of then go and enjoy the like last carnival and like kind of enjoy that with everyone that I've you know spent four years on the circuit with but before that I was so nervous and just kind of like oh god I don't know what's gonna happen for NCAAs you get to watch the other um, competition I imagine right this year it's like Alpine is Wednesday Friday and then Nordic is the Thursday Saturday so yeah you get to go watch it's really fun um every like a lot of teams show up and watch their respective um other teams race so that's really fun yeah. Great. Well, any other thoughts you wanted to share with us about, you know, Ari, right, for you, you're, you're most looking forward to about your first trip to nationals here? Uh, free skiing. <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, I mean, it's, it's, I'm super excited. Just, I think, obviously, having it in Montana makes it quite a bit better. <laughs> uh, but, no, I'm, I'm just really looking forward to skiing and enjoying it and taking a week off school. I didn't do that. <laughs> <laughs> Kaylin, how about you? Uh, yeah, everything I already said, obviously. Um, I think just being able to kind of enjoy the my last, really my last two races as a collegiate athlete um, for in a lot of senses. So just kind of enjoying that and being around people uh, that have I've competed with for a long time now and Getting to rep- represent Bates again for a third year is also really fun, and also be, having it be in Bozeman and getting to you know travel out there and do all that fun stuff is always an added bonus. <laughs> all right, Kalen Woods, Ari Van Vuren, congrats again in qualifying for NCAA's. Thank you. This Sunday, the softball team begins the 2020 season in Florida with 12 games in seven days. Head coach Mikel Barnes is confident about the team's chances this year, starting with senior captain and 2019 first team All NESCAC pitcher. Kirsten Pelletier in the circle. We're very, very lucky to have two awesome seniors who are tremendous leaders, have been since their first year, now through senior year, you know, KP obviously being the workhorse on the mound um, the last three years, now now going on four, um, certainly, you know, looking for her to, to raise her level of play and uh, put us in a position to win as many games as we can. Um, all the NESCAC first team last year, and we're looking to continue to, to build on that and to get better every day. Um, so we're, we're pretty lucky there. Touched on two seniors. She's a captain along with Julia Panapento. Their leadership, obviously, very strong. Tell us about what they bring the team from that perspective. They are two, um, I think, the best, two of the best 
women leaders that we have here on campus. Um, and they're very different. They lead in, in very different ways, uh, but they always found, find common ground to be able to lead together as well, which is really unique. Um, Julia is, is this hard, uh, uh, tough presence in, in terms of she's going to give you everything that she has um, and she expects the same out of her teammates. Um, she's very good communicating. Um, she uh, expects a lot, has high expectations for herself and her teammates. She's, she's someone who you want on your team, whatever team that is. It could be any sport that Julia Panapinto is someone that you want on your team. Um, couple that with, with KP. Uh, KP, you know, being a pitcher sometimes is in that lens of, of pitching and, and kind of stays in that, that realm. But outside of um, games, she's really challenged herself to step outside of that space as well. Um, and, and off the field, uh, she's a really tremendous liaison and, and she's kind, she's compassionate with her teammates. Um, she also pushes them. She's positive. She's, she's goofy um, and it's quirky, uh, but I think uh, really embraces that and, and provides this um, fun atmosphere as well. And she's, she's fun to be around. They're both tremendous and beyond thankful. And Julia, the power started to really arrive last year, it seemed like, right? Oh, yeah. Julia is tremendously strong. Uh, Julia is, I mean, just blows your mind how strong she is. Um, we start. We saw some sparks of that last year, and uh, you know we've impl implemented a new hitting program this year that we're hoping finds more consistency, not just for Julia but for our, our entire team. Um, really trying to generate some good power from our backside using our hips, and, and Julia's really we we find her ball exit speed. Not to get too technical here, but it is just makes you like just shake your head and be like, what is going on here? Because it's super super impressive. Um, so hopefully this year finding more consistency with that. Uh, and you know, she, she had sparks of some power last year and certainly, certainly looking to, to build on that this year. Sounds like maybe the launch angle revolution coming to softball a little bit. A little bit. Yeah. <laughs> you know, the baseball softball swing is not any different. Uh -huh, so, yeah. um, a little bit, you know, we talk a little bit about launch angle, but it's really, it's just really, uh, you know, trusting your hips and letting your hips do the work. Um, getting obviously good angle on your barrel coming through the zone and, and, uh, you know, I guess the, the perfect degree angle to hit the ball, they say, is 17 degrees. So um, <laughs> now that we measure that. But um, no, uh, it, it's it's such a cool sport. Uh, There's so many different nuances and science. And um, to be able to really hone in on that, we're lucky to have student athletes here who are super, super intelligent, very inquisitive, and, um, you know, really dive deep into some of the science behind it. And then the double play combination, Kennedy there at uh, shortstop and then Janelle at second base. Uh, they were, I believe, teammates in high school, right? Correct. And so now they're teammates here again. And it seems like they developed pretty good chemistry last year. And they're roommates as well. There so, <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, yeah, they, they really have. They are both um, hardworking, committed to their, uh, their craft, um, always trying to get better, um, you know, just willing to do whatever they can to, to go just beyond the, you know, beyond the routine plays. Um, Janelle knew at second base, uh, you know, we're, we're trying to find a way to keep her bat in the lineup. Right. Um, but she has really, really blossomed. And I think we're seeing some confidence this year, uh, that we didn't see last year, which is natural having never played second base before. Um, and, and she's flourishing. Um, with that said, Kennedy on the other side at shortstop, unreal athlete, just absolutely unreal. Um, she's making plays that just 
are crazy um, that you see on ESPN with you know Sis Bates at Washington University. Uh, she's she's really really impressive to watch. And from a softball perspective uh, and a fan of the sport, it's really fun. I told her this. It's really fun to be able to sit back and say. Wow! Look at this person just um, execute their craft and and play really well, and um, they're excited to watch. And it's even more exciting that I get to coach them. Excellent. And you know, speaking of that double play combination, Emily Samar, who started last year at second base, if I recall, ended up being the catcher last season. What does she bring to the table defensively behind the plate that makes her so effective? Emily is. Um, I think the trust that we have in Emily behind the plate um, is is immeasurable. She is, uh, she, the way she receives the ball, I bet you she gives our pitchers probably 10 to 15 extra strikes a game. Um, she just has this fluid uh, rhythm behind the plate with how she receives. It's really special to watch. Um, she's, she's quick on her feet. She's, her, her arm is very strong. Um, and I think one thing, too, that we're seeing this development take place um, as I mentioned with Janelle and Kennedy with their confidence, but Emily too has taken it to the next level. Um, and, and we're super excited to see how that transitions to, uh, you know, her, her time this spring. At first base, Eliza McNulty showed some flashes of power late in the season last year. That's got to be encouraging entering this season, right? Definitely. Uh, I want to say, if I were to pull up the stats from last year, Eliza's maybe like last 11 at bats or 12 at bats she went like 12 for 12 <laughs> with I think maybe like three home runs you know obviously a, a big home run against Williams in the playoffs mm-hmm. um and she really just hit her stride and was peaking at the right time um it was super awesome to, to watch and so to see that I think to end on that note for her was a really really positive thing she put in a ton of work throughout the season and I think to finally see it come to fruition was really really encouraging for her um, and she's she's picked up right where she's left off, uh, you know, in practice and in our scrimmages. Um, our lineup is tough this year. It's it's really really tough. Well, speaking of the lineup, the top of the lineup, Caroline Bass, center fielder, uh, moved from left to center last year, kind of midway through the season. Um, you know, she had a good year last year. It wasn't like the previous year though, so it's like kind of like, well, how do you measure what she's going to try to do now entering her junior season? Right. So this is a conversation we often have because mm-hmm. Caroline's first year was insane. Right. Um, led the NESCAC in batting average as a first year and, I mean, nearly hit 500, just yeah. below 500. And um, it's really hard to mimic that many years. And now teams are game planning for her. Her speed is, is game changing. And so uh, teams know that. Um, they game plan for her, so it's supposed to get harder. Mm-hmm. And uh, albeit last year, uh, from an average standpoint, dipped down a little bit. Um, it's you know some things that we've been seeing this year um, have been really really impressive. Uh, she is, I've got to say, probably one of the toughest outs um, in the in the lineup, not just in our lineup but across the board in the NESCAC. Um, she's really she's she sees the ball really well. Uh, we've integrated a few different slapping techniques that she's really put the time in and the work in to uh, um, add to her toolbox, and she's going to be impressive to watch this year. And then that's the one spot in the outfield where you do have to replace them one with Dre Russo having graduated the lone senior last season. But tell us about the other two outfield spots. Sure. So Aaliyah Pagan will return, mm-hmm. um, and Aaliyah probably has the 
fastest hands. Uh, she reads the ball really well. Um, she tracks the ball really well defensively. Offensively, like I said, her hands, she probably has the fastest hands. Now we're just trying to get her hips to catch up to her hands so that she's hitting for a little bit more power. So we'll see her move down in the lineup a little bit, which gives us that speed in the middle of the lineup. Um, and we'll push Kennedy to that, that number two hole, which will be nice to have um, that, that Caroline Kennedy back-to-back uh, presence at the top of our lineup. So Aliyah is really strong. We're excited for her to, to come on and really uh, fill big shoes, and, and I think she's ready for it. Um, in left field, we have currently we have Amanda Taylor, who's a first year, slated to start for us. Uh, Amanda is more utility. She hasn't played a ton of outfield, uh, but she just has a knack for the ball. She's a gamer. Um, she her her swings a little bit more unorthodox, but it works. And and so if it's not broke, uh, you know, not a lot to fix. So she just you know she's been making steady com uh, contact with the ball. She's been hitting it hard, um, and and she just really she knows the game well. She's a student of the game, so we trust her out there. And then you have some good depth uh, with like Mary Collette, designated player type. She can come in and catch you near. She can play first base. She can do a lot, right? Oh yeah, uh, Mary. Mary's kind of a, a jack or maybe a Jill of all trades, <laughs> right? Um, can catch. Uh, can play some first. Um, she hits the ball really well. Uh, we're really looking for her to to fill some big shoes. We need more power out of her. We need more consistency out of her. And I think she's ready for the challenge. And then you know we mentioned KP, of course. You know first team All NESCAC pitcher. Softball, you can win with one pitcher, but it's a lot easier to win if you have, you know, two or three solid pitchers, right? So Peyton Buxton, you know, Jeevan Sandu, what do you see their roles this year? Yeah, Peyton, uh, Jeevan, and Danielle will right. fill that the 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 rest of our bullpen. Um, you know, Peyton, we we have brought on a new uh, assistant coach, Jesse Hutchins, who's filling this uh, pitching coach position, which is something our team really needed, and um, we're really excited to have her on board. And we've seen so much growth and development with our pitchers. Um, and I think they're really uh, trusting their craft a lot more. And um, I think I think all three of them, you know, Peyton in particular, has really shown some really great promise. I know she had flashes of it her first year, uh, struggled some last year, but, uh, you know, she had a game against Bowden at the end of the season. And uh, <laughs> at the end of the game, she comes up to me, she's like, Coach, I don't know why I didn't do that all season. I'm like, I don't know why either, Peyton, <laughs> but here we are. So, uh, but no, for for real, she's she's really special pitcher to watch. And in fact, her motion is probably the most natural motion that we have on our team. Um, so having Coach Jesse come in uh, and work with her and work with all the pitchers in particular has been really, really fruitful. Um, Jeevan and Danielle, um, you know, we're looking for them to, to fill in some middle innings, uh, maybe some closing. You know, we lost a lot of games last year. Uh, in fact, um, nearly half of our games were in, we lost in the seventh inning or in extra innings. And, and so I think to find, um, you know, an opportunity to maybe mix up what we're what we're throwing with different pitchers will help put us in a better position to, to win some of those games. And you'll get to see all of them do a lot of work, I'm sure, in Florida. That's an opportunity. You know, the Florida trip is interesting because you get to experiment a little bit because they're non-conference games, but also you want to set the tone, right, you know, like you did two years ago in terms of, like, a winning record. Almost. Oh, yeah. I mean, real, reality is is we play a third of our season in Florida, yeah. which is crazy. Yeah. Um, it's, it's, a, it's an intense week. There's a lot that goes into it, a lot of preparation. Um, you know, there's certainly some things that we can never prepare for, but we'll just be ready to tackle when they when they do come. Um, so yeah, we try to find our groove. We've we've mixed up our scrimmages leading into Florida to hopefully build a little bit better chemistry um, than what we did.
did last year where we didn't do that and we we had a harder time finding that chemistry when we got down there so this year i think that we have done that and i feel really really confident that florida um you know we're, we're as prepared as we can be and now we just have to execute and, and do what we're capable of doing next time on the baits bobcast we'll talk about who's going to ncaa's in track and field plus how select bait squash players perform at this weekend's individual nationals and we'll talk softball baseball and lacrosse after an action-packed week all that and more next time on the baits bobcast bates, 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 bates.